Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. In our Sunday morning discussion, uh, we focus on uh, the the drama that we saw in uh, Tswane uh, with former Tswane Mayor Dr. Moronua Makwarela, who resigned on Friday and was disowned by his party COPE after the Gauteng High Court dispelled information that it had issued him with an insolvency rehabilitation certificate in 2018. Makwarela had submitted a fake certificate a day before to city manager Johan Mettler to prove he was not an, unhurry, an unrehabilitated insolvent and was eligible to occupy public office. City has been forced to concede that it does not have measures in place to verify the authenticity of such documents. The saga has brought into sharp focus the lack of capacity and urgent need to validate and authenticate all personal information of people who are vying for public office at local, provincial and national level. In our Sunday morning discussion, we take a look at uh, how the personal information of candidates who are vying for, for office can be better vetted to avoid similar pitfalls in the future. And in fact, who should do that vetting? Joining me on the line now for this conversation is Eunice Chamda, Project Manager at Action for Accountability. And also joining us is Terry Delane, Executive Director at the Institute of Election Management Services in Africa. He's also former uh, Vice Chair of the IEC. And I'll start with you, Mr. Delane. Always a pleasure. Whose job is it to make sure that uh, people who put their hands up for public office are indeed eligible and are the right people to take up these roles? Is it the political parties? Um, is it is it the IEC or, or any other body, in fact, that, that should be doing this work? Just to come to, uh, from that, to respond to your question, uh, the responsibility at the moment is actually with both the political parties and the individual contested the election. Uh, I think uh, the rationale largely is that the IEC would not really have the capacity to vet almost 20,000 candidates within a period of two weeks, mm-hmm. uh, just uh, you know for the period of a candidate nomination uh, process. Now, uh, th- this has actually been made much more easier uh, in the sense that a political party that submits the list of candidates uh, has got to res- has got to submit largely three things. One, it is the list of its candidates. Secondly, it is its intention to participate in the elections. And then thirdly, I can't remember the, the third aspect that it is required, but that's not as important for the purpose of our discussion for now. Uh, but now, the list of candidates uh, has got to be accompanied by, firstly, a copy of the ID of the candidates, and secondly, mm-hmm. A, a commitment by a candidate uh, that they are not disqualified in terms of the constitution and in terms of any other uh, piece of legislation in the country to be a candidate mm-hmm. in an election. You know, so that is uh, quite critical because it basically places uh, the responsibility on that candidate to make sure that uh, they. Uh, provide information uh, that is accurate, uh, that they are not disqualified. Mm-hmm. Does that, that very fact perhaps uh, not then 
create a situation that, that we've seen now um, with, with Mark, Mark Warrell. And perhaps there, there are many others as well in the 250-odd uh, um, 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 you know, municipalities that we have in, in, in the country. Because why, why would we leave it all up to the individual and trust that every, every person would in fact uh, ensure that, that, uh, that, that they are above uh, you know, reproach, that, um, that the standard is much higher for them and they appreciate that, and that they, they ensure that they are eligible, or even the political parties as well. Why, why would we leave all of th- that, that responsibility that they'll be honest, 100% honest to them? Um, you know, that's right at the beginning, I said that the rationale was, was that it would actually be much more easier uh, if uh, this is done by political parties and the individuals. I think uh, there is a thinking uh, that uh, public representative would actually be much, much more honest. Mm. But I think it's an opportunity now uh, for the Electoral Commission to use other provisions within the law just to be able to set an example and to make sure that uh, this does not recur. If the legislation has not been changed uh, to try to um, create other mechanisms through which voting can actually occur, uh, then uh, they must focus largely on making sure that uh, no one actually repeats this by invoking uh, other piece of legislation. Because if you look at three pieces of legislation within the Municipal Electoral Act, firstly, Section uh, 66, uh, that says that uh, no one uh, who is bound by the code uh, you know, is allowed to contravene uh, the code. And then Section uh, 69 uh, then also says no one uh, is actually allowed to make false statements. And then uh, uh, 79, which is also important, says um, that if you have contravened any provisions of the code, mm-hmm. then you are guilty of an offence. And then there are provisions that are there in law that the IC can invoke to make sure that uh, a person uh, who has contravened this, uh, that they institute uh, legal proceedings against that person. Let me bring in uh, Eunice uh, Chamda now into the conversation as well, who is with Action for Accountability. Eunice, a very good morning to you. Is the bar too too high in in your view for people who are of course vying to be within the public service or is it is it low enough to allow as many people of course who would like to to contest for elections for people who would like to uh, be eligible for positions to to serve without of course excluding people for for um all sorts of reasons here i think your question uh, it's really about inclusivity, and I think that as a society, we would always want to ensure that we have as much inclusivity as possible. And wherever you pitch the bar, you have to be cautious because of the value systems that you might be adopting as to where you pitch the bar. I mean, sometimes a lot is made about academic qualifications, and mm. sometimes it's made about skills and experience. So one has to be careful about that. But I think that um, uh, the question here is really about qualification and disqualification. And uh, uh, listening to uh, Terry, I think he very uh, eloquently spells out all the legal requirements. Um, but it's really about the different layers that have failed uh, in the case of what happened in Swami. I mean, for me, there are four layers of checks that should have been able to pick this up. And the first one, of course, is with the individual. 
Um, but I think it's useful thinking to think that somebody who has got a negative record would actually disclose it when they have ambitions of standing for public office. But then there's the party, which is the next layer of accountability. Then there's the electoral officer in the municipality who facilitates uh, the lists, etc. And then there's the IEC. And um, really, for us to find that between four layers, none of those nets could catch this, uh, you know, uh, uh, this situation as it stands, mm -hmm. I think shows a flaw in our system. And it certainly means that we're going to have to tighten up. Uh, one point that I would like to make, and you know, that is because accountability is, uh, is something that we focus on in the project that we're involved in. And, and that is, it, you know, I listened to the leader of Pope, Vali uh, Madisha, talking about this issue. And, mm. uh, you know, this, despite the, uh, all the, uh, the drama surrounding this matter, there's, there's one thing that actually made me quite hopeful. And that is that when, uh, uh, when he addressed the media, he actually held his hands up and said, you know, we take accountability and we apologize. To the, to the public. You know, that is the kind of accountability that we need. A lot has gone wrong, but the fact that somebody can hold their hands up and say, we take accountability for what has happened and we apologize, I think that's a, a new beginning for South African uh, politics. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We'll continue with our conversation. I'm speaking to Eunice Chamda and Terry Zilane. We're talking about the vetting of uh, people who want to vie for public office. What, what are things looking like currently? And of course, um, how do we ensure that uh, across the board that citizens can trust that candidates are indeed properly uh, vetted and are the people who should, um, if they do, of course, eventually make it into office, who should uh, uh, be in those positions and lead. Your comments here um, on the Dr. Maguarela drama, saying KZN says, uh, the conduct of the former Tswane uh, Mayor is disappointing, Sebe. The song of Gianti uh, Ziafana Zonge is so true. All our politicians are liars. That's tear. Uh, Rob says, a person with a doctorate is supposed to be clever. If he commits a very, very stupid, uh, stupid fraud, his academic qualifications must also be investigated. Do we have here just another fraudster uh, without even a matric? Asks uh, Rob. And one more from Bramora who says, we have private companies that offer better support in the verification of personal information information of applicants, I suppose the state should make use of such entities to be able to get accurate data of all applicants. Uh, that's uh, Bra Moro there. Thank you very much for those um, uh, comments. And, uh, just on, on that uh, point, perhaps I'll throw it to, to you, uh, Mr. Zelani, first, um, about capacity, really, um, to, to vet how that can, in fact, be be improved here um, because if it can happen again in you know uh, a, a massive a massive uh, a city such as Twana the capital uh, city what what is happening in, elsewhere in, in a lot more remote parts of the country um, as well here is, is this an issue that um, has been ongoing and perhaps we've just been slow uh, to to try and find improved and better systems here in, in making sure that we have the right people that are coming through the system I think, you know, based uh, on uh, this experience, uh, the Commission may have to consider collaboration with uh, uh, private entities that actually specialize in um, vetting. Um, and, and then I know that at the national level, if you're having one uh, company operating at a national level working with the Commission, it might be uh, very, very difficult. Mm. Um, perhaps they must decentralize 
such a system says that in all the 255 municipalities, um, there is some kind of capacity there that would actually be able to vet uh, per municipality so that uh, you do not end up really having uh, to uh, you delay uh, certain processes as a result of uh, the vetting arrangement. As I've indicated, mm -hmm. you basically have got a very short window um, uh, during the election uh, to do the candidate nomination. So mm -hmm. I think if I, my, my memory serves me well, it's a period of about uh, two weeks within which you're supposed to finalize uh, candidate nomination processes. Uh, so in order to be able to do this within that period, a capacity of some sort would have to be created at almost all the municipalities in order to make sure that uh, we do not have this kind of a problem. But that burden must still remain also with the political parties and individuals. So even if the IC uh, does create another layer of vetting uh, at the municipal level, um, they must not remove the responsibility uh, from the individual as well as from the political parties uh, to do this. I, I asked uh, uh, Mr. Tamda a moment ago whether the, the bar is perhaps too high or low enough for candidates to meet. What, what is your view on that? You know, you know, people have all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of issues, bad decisions in the past or poor financial uh, decisions they would have made in the past. One may argue that maybe years later or so, um, you know, maybe that person has, has been rehabilitated or has done, um, you know, better to, to improve themselves, to qualify them. You, you, it, it's murky. It's murky waters there. But, the, you know, is, is there space for that sort of conversation here so that um, the system remains inclusive? Well, uh, if a, a candidate or an individual has been rehabilitated, that person would receive a certificate to indicate that, um, you know, they've been rehabilitated and therefore they don't have um, uh, that, that problem anymore. Uh, remember that in terms of the constitution, there are three aspects that make a person disqualified from participating in the elections or standing as a public representative. Uh, the first one is that you should not be an unrehabilitated solvent. Secondly, that uh, you should not have been convicted for a period of 12 months without a fine. <laughs> I don't know why this would be <laughs> all my fault. All, all my fellow friends disappear. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, essentially, those are some of the uh, uh, critical aspects that are required uh, for the purpose of uh, participating uh, yeah. in in the election. So, in my opinion, the bar is not really too high. Yeah. Um, uh, because they try to make it as easy as possible. There are no other qualifications that are required for a candidate to stand for office yeah. other than, you know, the fact that you should not have been disqualified by the constitution yeah. as well as uh, other piece of legislation. Yeah. And and I suppose, uh, Mr. Chamda, as, as a parting shot, that's what makes this matter with Dr. Maguarela uh, just so, so bizarre and so embarrassing on, on many fronts. But but just overall, the sort of the sort of work in your view that still needs to, to be done to ensure that uh, we don't see this sort of thing uh, coming through, uh, you know, partnering with private entities doesn't necessarily mean that uh, the, the process will be clean or without without any corruption, uh, 
Um, so how do how do we again make sure that we, we do clean up um, this this process to to strengthen ultimately um, the the way the way that uh, we uh, we practice our our electoral system and how that feeds into our democracy. Do need capacity. Yeah. I, I, I agree with uh, Kerry about about the capacity. Um, um, you know, it is a, a, a bulky process. Close to an election, there's always pressure, and uh, you know, parties are not always tidiest with their lists, and there's uh, always a lot of last-minute tooling uh, <coughs> and throwing. So that capacity is certainly needed. Um, but I also think that uh, we need to build a culture of accountability in this country. I think individuals who want to stand for public office, uh, really need to understand accountability and to know that they are accountable ultimately to the public and to have a greater conscience in these matters. Um, And, you know, should they be found out, as we now have in this instance, um, you know, that the repercussions should be be quite severe. Um, There has to be a deterrent. Uh, I'm also very concerned about how many uh, councillors across the country may have slipped through the net are actually uh, also do not qualify um, to be holding the offices that they hold. Yeah, a massive problem. And thank you both for your time. Eunice Chamda, Project Manager at Action for Accountability, and Terry Tzilani, Executive Director at the Institute of Election Management Services in Africa.